breathe in, then breathe out, and breathe in, and breathe out, and breathe in. Oh my God, if you breathe at that speed, you would hyperventilate. Hello, I'm Drew Drogi, and it's time for another episode of Minor Revelations, the podcast where we just, I don't know, get into it and go where it goes, unlike every other podcast that's so formally scripted and um, planned out, right? Oh, we're here for the weird moments and the awkward and the, I don't know what that means and who am I and all that great, delicious stuff that we love to unpack. I have some fun theater stories that I want to share, but I want to say first, if you're in New York in June, uh, there's a song about it. Join us for Pride. I'm going to be there doing several shows. And and so I would love um, for you to come say hi and please come see Thursday, Friday, Saturday night at seven and at nine. I am in the Golden Girls Live, the L.A. production of the the drag Golden Girls. We do we do episodes of the Golden Girls. It is a Jackie beat as B. Arthur, as Dorothy, Sherry Vine, as Rue McClanahan, as Blanche Devereaux, a Drew Drogi, as Betty White, as Rose Nyland, uh, Sam Pancake, as Estelle Getty, as um, Sophia Petrillo. I did that with that. Why didn't I write this down? Because come on, I'm like, oh, I got it in my head. Um. That's it. Yeah. So it's a blast. It is so much fun to do. We've done it in LA for eight years. And um, I was very excited to get the opportunity to take it to New York. We're doing it at a new club, Red Eye, Daniel Nardiccio's new club, which is uh, on 41st. It's in Hell's Kitchen. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the 22nd, 23rd, 24th at 7 and 9 p.m. Tickets are going very quickly for that. Um, So do get on that or and or. Monday, the 26th, we will be doing it on Fire Island at the Ice Palace. What? So check out all the socials for all of those uh, things, because we uh, we have one show, I think, scheduled on Monday, the 26th at 9 p.m. at uh, the Ice Palace. I miss live theater. We talk about it a lot on here. I, sorry if it's, if it's a boring topic for you, but it's just it's truly my favorite thing. And with Golden Girls, you know, I, I normally play really surly, you know, furious, hateful people for some reason. And I get in the Golden Girls to play the really sweet one. I learned early on, you you, you know, when, just when you play characters who are touched in that way, you can't play them dumb because there's nothing to play. So I I think of her as just a child, but she's very sweet and she feels her feelings. And I have had moments when Drew Drogi comes out and there is no Rose Island to be found on that stage. Uh, sometimes we have really lovely but very drunk audiences and um we were doing the show a lot in the basement of casino del campo which serves the strongest margaritas you can imagine people always write us afterwards like i am so sorry i think i had some sort of coffin varnish and i lost my mind in your show and um so you know i understand we've all been there but there was one time in particular in which someone in the audience kept full voice saying every time i talked full voice, she would say, I love you. And it's one thing to be heckled and people talking back and going, oh, that's what she said. And you tell them Blanche or whatever, like that's annoying enough. It's annoying enough when you have your phone up and you're filming. Don't do that. You're not at a concert. You're never going to watch that. You're just wasting time. We, and I, it's no fun to play for that. Don't, don't do that. Uh, But like saying, I love you is, is kind of terrifying. Uh, You don't know me. (laughs) If you knew me, you wouldn't No, but just that it was, it, it was, it was, it was just really unsettling to have someone go, you know, you're kind of, you're doing this big, loud drag show. And I was like, like eighties style sitcom comedy. And then just have this really sotto voiced. I love you. I love you. I fucking love you. After every time I talked. So I did everything that I, in my power that I do to do. And I, you know, I would kind of look out and kind of make this you know, the gesture with my hand, like, let's stop talking in some way, whatever that, whatever that means to you, imagine what I'm doing with my hands right now. But, you know, and then at one point I think I turned and I, I think I literally put my finger on my lips, like, shush, please stop. I hear you. One point I walked in the blackout, like after a line, I went into the audience because we're, they're right on top of us. And I just put my hand on her shoulder and just said, please, please stop, please stop. So, I mean, there was, it was building up. It was building up. And they were just wasted. Let's just be honest. They were wasted. They did not know that they were just just doing all this so obnoxiously. 
So the show is going, and I think that it has it's died down for a bit. I think we got our point across. The very last line of the show, I am playing America's sweetheart, Betty White, as Rose Nyland, the, just the kindest, sweetest person who's never done anything wrong. I mean, yeah, I think she, you know, she stole, she, she got the teddy bear back from the little girl and pushed her out. That's the meanest thing Rose Nyland ever did. You know, remember that? So this, we're getting to the very end of the show. The very last line, we thought we had made it to the very end. And I have a line and I say, please, people are looking at you. And then there's one line after that. Okay, so it's the next last line. I say, please, people are looking at you. And this person, front row, drunk, full voice, just said, I'm looking at you. And I turned around in my voice and I said, would you please shut the fuck up? And of course, everyone... <laughs> started laughing and uh, then this poor like poor I, I was on stage with selena luna who i loved to death and she had to like give the last line and then the show was over and it was super weird and um the cast was mad at me for just ruining the final moment of the show but i i just i had to i couldn't handle it i couldn't wait till the very last line i should have let it go drink responsibly you know don't talk back uh if you do you're gonna pull back a stump if not for me, from these other drag queens, I'm up there. They're monsters. I mean, I'm I'm a good person. I'm so kind. Speaking of kind, I want to thank the following uh, contributors to our Indiegogo campaign. Oh, Dave Holmes, Eric Larson, Victor Kinosh, Neil Milani, Nick Kender, Stephanie Courtney, Sherry Vine. Speaking of Sherry Vine, Golden Girls, Jennifer Smith, Candy Schuler, that's my mother, and Pete Zayas. Oh, these are just near and dear, lovely people. Thank you all so much um, for, for donating. Oh, one more thing. We are finally launching our Patreon on June 28th. So for only $4 a month, our revelationaries, you like that? Yeah. $4 a month, you become a revelationary and you get exclusive monthly bonus episodes. Plus, you get access to videos of all of the full episodes of Minor Revelations. So, $4 a month, we get an extra awesome bonus episode and then video of all the other stuff. Just head to patreon.com slash Minor Revelations with Drew Drogi, or you can search Minor Revelations with Drew Drogi in the Patreon app. Now, uh, let's get into it. Theater. Hi guys, how are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm wonderful. You're coming at us from Dallas, Texas today. Indeed, yeah. The, yeah. the land of dreams, Dallas, Texas. Uh, oh sure, sure. And uh, Michael, you're doing a show. You're directing a show there, Silver Foxes. That's right. Um, the, we were about to do our final four performances. It was a two week run, and uh, I stayed. I didn't have to stay. They didn't really want me to stay, but I decided <laughs> to stay. Uh, Wait, why didn't they want you to? Well, I, they didn't want to pay for it, and they didn't oh, oh, technically. Oh. Well, I mean, listen, that's listen. I, I yeah. said I'll pay. I'll pay to keep myself here because I wanted yeah. to see all the performances because I'm so I'm really super proud of it. It's been, it's a new play called Silver Foxes by um, Stan Zimmerman and Jim Berg, who were writers of uh, Golden Girls and Roseanne and uh, Gilmore Girls. Have been writing together for literally centuries. <laughs> and I have uh, gotten to know them over the years, and they brought this play to me. And it's so it's so it's like a gay man's Golden Girls. It's about three old guys who move in together in Palm Springs, and it's really funny and really sweet. And we've been doing it here with this local cast in the Round, in a theater in the Round that I used to go to when I was a kid because I'm from Plano, outside That's Dallas. So cool! It's been really cool. Michael yeah. did such a wonderful job directing it too. And because something that I noticed right away when I saw it was it felt like these characters like fully lived in this house it, it, they had figured out how to inhabit it in a way that felt truly authentic to what was going on which i think is so hard to do in a short rehearsal process oh, you yeah. know, in a how long was your rehearsal we had th really three and a half weeks of rehearsal oh, yeah that's tight and a new play and then like right one preview basically mm. you know with a new play that's really because because you know if, if something's not funny we got to get rid of it and you know there's like a you gotta you gotta you gotta keep working on it and so yeah fact, they were rewriting as you were going they the were yeah. And, yeah and and in fact we we implemented some rewrites just yesterday um for the final five and i think we're gonna change because one of the new rewrites was was a stinker 
So I think we're going to try something even newer tonight just to, wow. just to keep keep working on because the you know the play has been kicking around for a while, but it's it's got a licensing deal. So before it is actually published, they wanted this production was sort of like to, to figure out what the published script would be like. And um I love that yeah, they're I think- doing that though, because I feel like so many people have had that idea of like, oh, there should be a gay right. men's golden girls, because gay men love golden girls and they're so connect and and it's like and as our generation ages, like we're going to, I mean, we're sadly getting our first generation of, I mean, you know, a, a, a full generation right. of out gay men, right? Now, uh, like elderly out gay men yeah. as like, you know, um, because obviously lots of reasons. Right. Um, and so it's like, we're going to see more and more. And like we all, I mean, I feel like in my forties, my, our friend group is always like, oh, when we, when we get to our, like, you know. 70s 80s we should all get a house together and live together and like have a golden girls type thing i think that's going to happen a lot and that's something that a lot of people have done and it's like who better to do it than stan and is it jim you said jim stan and jim who who, did they develop it as a potential series it was originally developed as a series but i think sort of like you know what what you said drew that like a lot of people have had that idea but who better than stan and jim i actually think that it's one of those things where you know, like it, it, it's 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 like too good of an idea for anyone to like jump on, and and somebody just needed to try it, right? Um, it's like it's like you know, like I, I can imagine like executives being like, "Yeah, I thought of that," <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. Well, and also, of, you know, it's just like having personalities that people can relate to, and yeah. we're still teaching the world that there are different kinds of gay men in the world and different right. kinds of gay people, not just men. You know, obviously, and so. I think that that's that also might be a thing like, oh, it, are they because, you know, people aren't always the smartest about our culture and understand that, yeah. that we 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 exist in lots of different shapes and forms. And so that's so and this cool. company in Dallas called Uptown Players. They, they did bright colors. They did. Yes. Yeah. They did your play. Um, yes. And actually, Paul, who who uh, played the role. Paul Williams, who I just Paul saw Williams. the other day. Who I love. Wonderful. Oh, yes. you did? You yes, saw him in LA? he was here. He was in L.A. for Carol Cook's memorial. Carol Cook, oh, Broadway yeah, legend, 99 mm-hmm. years old, yeah. uh, had an amazing wow. thing. And he, he flew in for that. Natural hair. Not, yes. Natural hair? She had amazing red hair oh. until the day she died. This amazing shock of yeah. red wow. bubble of hair. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited to hear, you know, I just love bringing people on to talk about like anything they've not talked about before. So I'm excited to hear like anything you haven't shared with me or with each other or online or or what well we this is this is something that this is a mutual secret of ours it's mm. and i guess it's not entirely a secret i mean it's something that you you might you might have even guessed as someone who knows us and other people who know us but it's something that we wouldn't necessarily talk we just, about we're at home we'll privately like talk about it uh it's uh because you know we've been together so long so that we we know and how long have you been together for our listeners <laughs> almost 15 years it'll be 15 wow. years in october so 14 and a half years so like the the idea of secrets at this point it's either like i don't remember the secrets or the things i haven't told you at this point i <laughs> yeah don't or they're, they're things i have no intention of ever telling you right <laughs> or <laughs> the grave but why not for a podcast on a, on a friday morning <laughs> or we've told each other them by this yeah. point like that's so right. we really couldn't we tried to really hard to think of something but you guys are the first couple I've had on the show, by the oh. way, in all my years. I've never had a couple. So, yeah, this is very exciting. And, of course, I love that it's the two of you, of course. It's very special <laughs> well, and awesome. The th- so even though, you know, we are people who love, like, we go to a film festival and we'll actually see the movies. We go to the theater all the time. We are, this. our secret is that we are basic bitches when it comes uh. to going to the movies. And we prefer, like... We'll put, like if we were deciding between say tar, yes, or taken three, taken three, <laughs> we would choose taken three. We would go to see taken three. Or what was that movie with the girls stuck on the pole? Oh yeah, that was. Great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. It was <laughs> called we, like height. Or like, yeah, it was called like you know, <laughs> fall. High. Like, fall. Or, yeah. Fall. Yeah. We went to see that at uh, Lincoln Center or Lincoln Square, right by Lincoln Center, and we just loved it. We were chomping popcorn and on the way out there was this this asshole upper west side lady who was walking out with us and she was like well wasn't that terrible and we were like <laughs> like that was that amazing 
We were like, what are you talking about? What? Why, why did you what stay? What were you expecting, lady? What were you, <laughs> what were you thinking? Like, we were we were in we were in Edinburgh uh, doing the the Fringe Festival years ago, and on the day off, one of the days off, we got we had a huge brunch of people. Like, we had a bunch of people at a everyone we've met, everyone we've met. We there. threw at our apartment in, and then we walked to the gay area of town, and instead of going to like a bar or having brunch there. Instead, we go into the cinema and watch Piranha in 3D because it had just <laughs> been released. And our row was so boisterous and two, ugly two, Americans. two people in front of us kept like glaring at us because we were being so obnoxious. And then I was like, what do you, what did you think this was? It's called Piranha 3D. Were we not allowed to laugh? Right. What were you thinking? Like, when yeah, when like when there's a penis floating in, in the water <laughs> at you in 3D, it's not meant to be serious. It's not to be not meant to be like contemplative yeah. or no, yeah. you know. This ain't the 400 blows. No, 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 no. <laughs> but then like two two or three days later or something, we were in London for one night and we we're having dinner with um with Lady J. It was the three of us, and we we're sitting there having dinner and. We decided instead of going out in London, we wanted to see Piranha 3D again. <laughs> again. <laughs> so we saw it like within the same week, twice in two different places, one of which was like an only night in London. We chose to, we chose to repeat that, that movie. movie. Well, it's like, it's sort of like some of these movies, these like, these, these crazy, basic, huge, you know, like, they, they kind of get stuck in my head. Like for me, it's like I become addicted to them. It's sort of like there's a song in your head. You know, like when there's a song in your head and you can't get out of your head and the only way to get out of your head is to listen to it again. Right, I right. I sort of feel that way with, with these kinds of movies sometimes. Like one time I went to see this Nicolas Cage movie called Knowing. Okay. It's this crazy like, movie. Book of Revelation movie. Yeah, he finds like a Oh, okay. I vaguely all, like, know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. There's all these numbers and he deciphers that the numbers are dates and that the, when the dates line up, there's going to be a natural disaster. And so he start, he starts to like be able to predict these natural disasters, and he ends up going there. He's like he like shows up when a subway car derails and runs over a bunch of people in New York, and then when a plane crashes in a field somewhere, he's always ends up being there. And it was extremely dark and very um, violent. I mean, the, like the violence was very real. I mean, not that real, but it was like you know people getting smushed by. St- anyway, I saw this movie alone. And I became so obsessed with it. I couldn't stop thinking about it that I made, like, I think either the same day or no, the it was, next day. I think day. it was the same day. I think day. it was the same day. You went to day. the matinee and then that night, Natalie Blockinger was coming over and you dragged us I made to them it. go see it. I saw the same movie twice in one day. This weird, basic-ass horror movie. Yeah. That While is... everyone else is texting us being like, did you see the new Julianne Moore? And yeah. we're like, we will, we will. <laughs> <Sure. Can't> wait. <laughs> and then another one... Um, when Taken Three came out, mm-hmm. love and any Liam Neeson movie we'll go see. We yeah. went to see that one about the train, one about the plane. That doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> we went to we go see them all. But oh, wasn't um, the plane just called the plane movie? Was just called Plane? No, that was the. <laughs> oh no, that was Gerard Butler's new plane oh, movie, which right, I really right, want right, to see. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just called Plane. Mm. Um, so when Taken Three came out. We had seen them, or we were into them. I can't remember, but like, oh, we had seen them. But the group we were going. Oh yeah, we we decided. Oh yeah, yeah, we 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 decided to like invite a group of people to go see it, and so some of them hadn't seen some of them, you know, hadn't seen the first two. We were like, well, you got to see them. So we literally invited everyone over at like three in the afternoon. We watched Taken One, then we watched Taken Two, and then we all went to the theater to see Taken Three. That's the kind of basic ass bitches we are. And then we all like very seriously discussed. Which one was better? Why? <laughs> how they were different, even though they're the same movie three times. I this love is... that because I don't know that. I mean, I wouldn't call that basic. It's just like you know what you like, and you have a real like thirst for it and support for it. And I mean, like you know, I don't. You know, a lot of people have said they don't believe in guilty pleasure movies, but I've always felt that way. It's like you like what you like, and and so, right. you know, yeah. I. I'm not as much into those. I do love Fast and the Furious movies. That's like oh, one yeah. that I will absolutely do. Final Destination, I love. I love horror sure. movies. Like, you know, How I've already seen Scream 6. I've already, like, I've seen all. Oh, you've already I, seen I go, Scream 6? Yeah. Oh, we're going to um, And it's like, Freddie, Jason, I mean, that's all my world of like, yeah, I yeah, love sure, all of that, sure. like growing up and all that. So I get it. And then I also love 
the really like difficult three hour long character driven. I I love <laughs> so those I, so like complicated. Michael has, Michael has I know Ryan, you're more a fan of that than yeah. you are, Michael. Like you know, yeah. and it, but I just get sleepy. Well, it's also partly something that we've talked about, and we kind of talked about at the beginning of your this podcast right now. Is like you go to the you go to the film festivals. You're often going to support a filmmaker or someone you know that's in it. Right. You see all this wonderful stuff, but you end up and with independent film. Often you start to, for me at least, I start to see so many of my colleagues involved with things, so many things that make me think about myself or think about my my life or my career or my like dreams or whatever. You start thinking in those ways. That when you go to these kind of movies, the action, big blockbuster, guilty pleasure movies, for for me at least, I'm that stuff goes away, and I can really put entertainment at the forefront, and not my work sort of battling my ability to just simply enjoy something. Right. Well, I'm that way with comedy. Like, I it has to be. I have to know that it's going to be like an amazing, hilarious, really well made, really well written and performed comedy for me to just relax and enjoy it other than like me sitting there and giving it notes and I hate that I'm like that but I just can't divorce that and so you're watching going why was that that was as good as they oh they ended on that line or yeah yeah that was the best or whatever and it's just sort of like it's hard I I think it's also just like how our brains work because sometimes I will fall asleep when I'm overstimulated and any movie that starts with too much talking, usually men in a room in suits talking about a plan or about it, like a, something they're got to look at and they're pulling down <laughs> charts and graphs and saying, here's, you know, we got to, you know, find, you know, Bobo or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> My brain starts to go and I will fall asleep. Like even on a full night's sleep, I will, or I start, my mind starts wandering. I have a really hard time with plot. I have a hard time as a writer with plot. Right. I don't write plot very well. I have a friend named Betty Betty Gabriel. She, she we went and saw the the uh, Final Destination. No, the uh, the Fast and the Furious movie together once, and she sort of is like you, where she sort of shuts down as things if it's like too actiony or too complicated in like the buildup of a story of like an action movie. She'll start to like just doze out, and at one point in the first ten minutes of one of the movie, one of the Fast and Furious, she turns to me and is like. Didn't you tell me one time that you can return your ticket if the movie's only been on for 20 minutes? And I said, yes, that is a thing. And she just got up and left. She didn't even say bye. She just grabbed her bag and left. You and I was left alone the sitting there. No, I think Lars, my friend Lars was there too. That's but so she funny. just left. And I thought she was maybe going to the bathroom. And then I, and she never came back. It's and so then I funny. texted her later and she's like, sorry, I just got my money back and went home. That was, I was not going to be able to pay attention to it. Wow. That's so funny. I know. But yeah, no, I don't it, think I do that. I will just, I'll suffer through and just be like, all right, it's whatever. I'll, you know, enjoy this for what it is. But I, I will, yeah, I can totally, I can totally shut down because I just, it's too many things. And then I just kind of go, wait, what, what, what? And then my mind starts to wander and then I fall asleep and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't really care. And I, and I, and I just try to enjoy like what I'm looking at. And I just kind of go, I feel like a confused old idiot yet. Like I can watch Kate Blanchett doing like, um, like, and like an hour long interview at the beginning of tar and just be riveted the entire time. And just be like, I I watch a character like that, my brand. And I, and I know people that saw tar and found it really boring, but I found it riveting. I could have watched another three hours of it, but I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Thoroughly, but I I also watched I it at home. I, I didn't go it. into the theater, and I bet Michael will probably skip that one. <laughs> but it's also like I don't believe that you're better for liking Tar over the Taken Three, like or or Vice. I I just think it's like you like what you like, and so the idea that things are considered prestige. Your castmate said something once that was so fascinating. Luke, he said something about Luke McFarlane. No, Luke. Uh, oh, Luke Tenney. Tenney. He, From Shrinking? He was on some, he was talking on something and he said like, oh, he's, uh, yeah. he's so tired of this debate about movies that are good because not every movie, not every time you go to the movies do you want filet mignon. Sometimes you right. just want a bag of Skittles and like all of it has value. And if you can't understand that people don't want to constantly be challenged with a big luscious meal every time they go to the movies you're missing the world of other films that are out there that are more 
popcorn or candy driven. Well, and just like variety and like knowing what you like and you know, when you're like, I'm going to go see a scream movie, I have a very different like set of expectations than when I'm going to go see something that's like merchant ivory and I'm going to really have to like pay attention to this. But I also feel like I've seen crap that's considered important every year. There's something, usually the best picture Oscar winner is something I can't stand. Like, and I, and I don't even like, I don't even like that perspective. I wish I wasn't that, but I'm like, that was certainly not my best picture there. But then how do you even judge what's the best? Yeah. Yeah. You like what you like. It's good to know what you like. And why that's what's that important. happens, Drew, that I, I've, I've always wondered, like, why does, why does the, why, why is it so often the case that the movie that wins best picture is the one that nobody really wanted? Because it's the same reason with casting. It's like, because 15 people agreed that, agreed on it like there was enough people that like some of the other ones are so extreme passions for like yes because the system is skewed and it has been whatever they started that that waiting process for best picture they ensure that the most like polarizing movie will never win best picture so midnight cowboy would never win best picture silence of the lambs would never win best picture like this Wow. Any of the ones that have won that you're like, whoa, that actually won. That really edgy, subversive thing won. It's all by committee. Like what I agree with Ryan because it's like they rank them. So when they when they have to rank one to ten. Yeah. So usually the one that gets the most twos and threes is what wins. So it's not someone's number one. So if you made everybody pick their first choice, it's like last year with the power of the dog, which I did have to watch twice. I did not get it the first time. I did not enjoy it the first time. The second time I watched it, knowing the ending, somebody convinced me to watch it a second time. And I was like, oh, this is a masterpiece. Yeah. But it's a difficult movie. movie. I feel like it was not one that people were like, oh my God, let's go. Hey guys, let's get together and watch Power of the Dog. Like, you're not going (laughs) to do that. But it's incredible. I thought, I think it's a, I think it's in, that is last year's, to me, like the best film of last year. Interesting. But it was, it took some work. Yeah, if you have to watch it twice, is that exactly? It's it's just one of those that's like I knew it wasn't. Yeah, but the movie that won last year was Coda, which is the, truly one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I can't Coda believe last year Coda, which is like a which I can't like no, and it's not it's not challenging on any level. It's not it's not honest. It's not true. I mean, I hate it. And I'm sorry, whatever. And say what you will about it, but like. It's the one that everyone goes, oh, well, Coda's sweet. It's got a good message. And I guarantee you enough people hated Power of the Dog or they hated West Side Story or they hated the one that like that a lot of other people loved. So they would give that a one or a 10. Like, yeah. you know, they would either oh, right. love it or hate it. Right, right, so the right. movie that gets the most twos and threes rises to the top. Yeah. So they've so, ensured that like, like the medium movie is wow. going to win. Yeah. But that was bef- Crash was before. This no, crash was that. before that. Yeah, crash oh, was, was was crash oh, wait, was, when this was this homophobia and Scientology at work. Like why yeah. crash beat broke right. by mountain and right. Capote and like there were so many that year they were like oh. oh if not you know yeah yeah. Sure. What's your favorite movie this year, Drew? Can you say my favorite movie this year? I would say uh, I did love Tar. I also I loved Bones and All. I loved mm-hmm. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I loved uh, Women Talking, I loved. Oh, I liked that, too. Yeah. What, yeah, what yeah, about... Yeah. Um, Mine is Triangle of Sadness. Oh, I loved, oh, I loved Triangle of Sadness. Fun, loved it. One. Crying laughing at it. Like, I, I haven't so laughed. Good. Oh, I know. Like, I was, like, 13 years old laughing the first time I saw a John Waters movie. I mean, like, that, like, at, a, at the core. And then the third act is so brilliant. And oh, so, like, yeah. what it says about gender and power and uh, you know but it's it's a i think it's fantastic i loved it yeah me too i, I we loved just it howled too. when we saw that in the theater yeah 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 what about y'all what were your favorites this year i think that would be my that favorite. would be my favorite that would, that oh, would be my favorite great. triangle set really yeah, i think so yeah what oh. are the other movies I don't even know. Maverick was blast. Top Top Gun. Gun. Of course, you know we love Top Gun. We saw that. Sure, we saw that two days in a row. I think. Uh, (laughs) I feel like I saw that right after I saw y'all. I saw that in San Francisco, right when we were all there. Oh right, we like told you you had to go Uh, see it. I went went? that night when I was waiting on a my plane was delayed, and I was like, I'm gonna go see Top Gun too. It was so much fun. I yeah, so great. Great. We saw it at the Chinese Theater on Hollywood Boulevard Uh, in a packed house, and like. It started with that that 
that little video from Tom Cruise saying, thanks for coming back to the theater. And like, oh. by the end of that, that video, I was like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm just going to join Scientology. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody just, looks better than Tom. Yeah, I just was like, he's just like, I, 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 I get it. I mean, again, like where, you know, like it's a horrible, horrible religion, but damn, that was a good movie. <laughs> but then we also had the privilege of going like the next day or whenever we went with kids, yeah. Rob and Avery Clyde and their two children. And so we got to, I was sitting next to Rob, who's a, the dad of these two boys who are like, you know, teenager and preteen and watching him watch his kids watch Top Gun. Rob was an emotional wreck the oh. whole movie, just being like, I can't believe that right. this kind of experience i had when i was around there you know i was older than he was probably older than them when top gun came out but like just the the shared experience i love that but movie. And that's also like why we go to the movies it's like to have that experience oh. in a room with people that we're not at, at home with. And uh, that's why the experience is it is more connected to theater in that way too yeah. it's like we're it, we're feeling something you yeah. know and 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 yeah. that movie is pure nostalgia i mean that's what that is why that's why we, we, we come back. We want that, you know? Minor Revelations is supported by Scruff. So after you listen to the podcast, go on there and give your buddies a woof. Or do it now. I can't tell you what to do. Thanks, Scruff. When you uh, sent the email about being like, what could you reveal that the partner? So I was trying to think of something I could reveal to Michael. And I thought oh. of something. Oh my gosh. I thought of it yesterday. And it was something that I, it started as like just a casual lie <laughs> that I just couldn't ever say wasn't true because I think it would make you feel crazy. And I, oh my God. I've decided I'll tell you. Oh my God. What, what is it? Fuck. I have never seen Arthur. You've never seen Oliver? Arthur, Arthur, which is oh, Michael's Arthur. favorite movie. It's my number one favorite movie. And I've never seen it. And you always quote it. And you... You do always quote it. You quote it a I, lot. Yeah, And you're, you're obsessed <laughs> with it. You talk about it all of the time. It's Mitch Silva's favorite movie, too. And, and I would just dog Arthur, yeah. pretend that I had seen it as well because it had gone... Billy and I quote that constantly. No, I know. And I laugh and pretend like I have... <laughs> any idea what they're talking about but i just haven't had the courage to be like i've never seen it because i thought you'd be upset i am upset isn't that crazy like i'm so mad how dare you we have this weird thing and i don't know what it is that we are so ashamed to admit that we don't know something and it's sad in society it's totally fine to admit any book that you haven't read you're like like from i for one have never read catch on the rye like it just it was never assigned to me i was told at a certain point, I was too old to read it and whatever. I just have never read it. And nobody like looks down on you like you've never read Catcher in the Rock, like, yeah. or whatever. But with movies, right. it's this thing where you just kind of play along and act like you've seen it. And I've done it before, too. And during pandemic, I saw so many movies that I had claimed to have seen that <laughs> yes, I've never watched. I know. I, I, there's so many that I've claimed. And I was trying to think of all of them because there's tons. But the only one I could think of that Michael would feel anything about was Arthur. Wow. It's so, so good. You've got to watch it. I, I haven't well, seen it in a million well, years. Well, I kept encouraging him to be like, you should show this at FA, this like group that we have that we watch a movie and we share a movie from our <laughs> so past. So you could watch it for the first yeah, time? Yeah, so I could be like, you should show that. You love that movie. Look, it's on. I kept trying to get you to do it. And you're like, well, I think everyone's seen it. And I was like, ha, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Liza. <laughs> I can't. You, know, I you don't know. You don't know what any of them. I don't know. I've, I've seen like clips that you've like put on. Like sometimes you'll show, send a clip of like. Just the other day, we have the we have this friend Billy who um, also he Billy and I constantly quote Arthur and oh I know Billy, Billy Morrison yeah because yeah. you just yeah. never get those re references and the, the other day and we also with Billy every day we share Wordle our Wordle score with Billy oh, so we're on, okay. a, we're on a chain with Billy and every day uh -huh. we share our Wordle score and not long ago it was moose wordle was moose okay and once we all got it there's a whole run of jokes uh, about the moose uh in th there's a moose on the <laughs> somebody shot a moose and it's on the wall in um on uh, the home of arthur's 
fiance's father and and he walks into to the room and he's brought into the room and he's drunk and he he uh he sees the moose he's left alone in the in, in the room uh and he looks at the moose and he says <laughs> he says what does he say ryan i don't i don't know <laughs> <laughs> He says, this must be very embarrassing for you. <laughs> and then when the father walks in, um, he's standing there and it's an, in an awkward silence. And he goes, you must have hated this Here moose. <laughs> and so Billy and I were quoting the moose jokes and you had no idea. What we I know. Were. And I would write, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and no I had no idea what was happening. I mean, it's it's because it comes up so much. Right. And now, do, do, do you just know, said, like, oh, that must be from Arthur if they're doing one of those things? Oh, I know now because he well, gets this, like, shine in his eyes and his, like, head tilts. And then he's, I'm like, oh, he's doing Arthur. And we do the voice, you know. Oh, my God. I have a we... thing about, like, if I know people do it that, I, I usually, and I don't get the reference. It's like, it's either Seinfeld, which I never watched, Game never of Thrones, which I never watched, or sports. And, like, those are the things that, like, those are my blind spots that people will say things or reference. Or, like, a, like with sports, it's like a name. That I don't know. And I'm always like, oh, oh, it's a sport thing. But I just, I'm so fascinated by why we're so ashamed to admit why we haven't seen something. Because there's nothing wrong with that. But I know that. Like, I had never seen Lawrence of Arabia until pandemic. And I watched it. I sat and watched for four hours, cried. And I was like, who do I I call about this? It's like, (laughs) yeah, Drew, it's Lawrence of Arabia. It's a great, you know. But... I think it you also know. has to do with people's reaction. I think like yeah. part of it is that you don't want five people screaming all at right. once. You haven't seen this, and then right. you're ashamed. Start, yes, yeah, start telling you all the scenes, mm-hmm. and suddenly you've there's too much pressure to see it, and then you really will never see it because now you hate all of your friends and you hate the movie. Well, as well. yeah. <laughs> It's also like, you know, that there's that meme of uh, Kermit looking sad and it's me. It's it says me watching somebody w- watch a movie that I love and not reacting the way I want them to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so I know. Tr- it's so true. It's- I and mean, the last time I showed, I, I, I watched Arthur, I showed it to, to our friend Talene. She was staying with me in LA and I showed her Arthur and she kept falling asleep. And I was like. And finally, I just stopped it. I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you sleep through this. We'll watch something. I'll watch something else. You sleep. You just, you just sleep. You just sleep. (laughs) It's also the worst when you just can't fight it and and you just have to sleep. I mean, that's just the most awful feeling when you're like, oh God, this is my friend's favorite movie. And no, I got to show Boogie Nights to my friend Kane for the first time. We went and saw that and he had never seen it and he loved it. I think I was like, you kind of have to love this movie. Like you don't. Like, I showed that with my classmate and he was blown away. And Mallory. Yeah. Mallory had never seen Boogie mm. Nights. It's, we showed yeah. Tilly Jaws. That was really cool. She oh, yeah. never wow. seen Jaws. Gosh, I have a mentee so... from, from college. It's like I got meant match with a mentor. Or sorry, I'm the mentor of this young kid and he's in like the piano department. And Titanic in 25th anniversary just came out. So uh-huh. we went and he had never seen Titanic. So to watch this person who's, you know, in his 20s, watch a movie that I've seen 400 times, (laughs) just to see if it even like holds water, lol, in in any sort of way for him now. And it resonated so much for him. Like he loved it. Have you all seen, um, maybe we talked about it. Have you all seen in New York, Titanic? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so amazing. I just got to give a shout out to... Ty Blue and the cast of Titanic. If you're in New York City and you want to see truly the most spectacular, wonderful parody, but also a love letter to Titanic, go see Titanic. And Celine Dion. Yeah. Marla Mandel's Celine Dion is just next level. The moment moment where they figured out how to do the car sex scene in Titanic, in Titanic, is revelatory. The whole thing. It's really... I love them all so much. And like, I got to do a lot of shows with them in LA and parody musicals and they were always so nice to throw me into these musicals because i cannot sing and they would put me in that and i just like to see that on this level and how, how successful it's been i'm so happy for them because it's oh. just it's so special and um and to see that actually like work yeah. and do but it's yeah so, like so you know funny. like these movies affect us at different times i mean i think what this is all about is like you know you're it taps into this child in you. And so like you, and it makes you feel these things that you, you don't feel in real life all the time and you can't feel in real life all the time. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to, you know, that would be too much. Yeah. But 
It's you also know, like when you, you first fell in love with movies, what was happening in the cinema at the time or what you were interested in during those early adolescent years. I think that sort of like music, it sort of resonates the most oh, with absolutely. you sometimes and you hold on to that. I feel like I had a, I had a, a you know, I think I was saying this on another episode recently, like a, a lovely, but kind of boring childhood. So I wanted like adventure and I wanted a fantasy and I want it. And also you tap into things that you don't realize. Like I didn't realize that how much I loved when Alice Cooper was on the Muppet show or when Freddy Krueger would come out or like thriller video or, and uh labyrinth or all that, like my introduction to drag in that weird way, or like that, a sense of like monsters. I loved uh, clash mm. of the Titans, wizard of Oz. Those were movies, return that was, to Oz. you know, that I was like, return to Oz. I love, yeah, it's so dark. Movie. I watched that with my, my brother and his family and we were like watching that we're going this is such a dark movie that i saw when i was like nine when it came out and it was like you know you you and so you love sharing those with people because it feels really pure it feels really safe you know like you know you know what's going to happen and that thing and so when you meet somebody that you really dig and you really love and you're just really like feeling connection and they haven't seen this movie and i think there's also that too like you don't want to disappoint that person that you really yeah that you love and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I've seen it too. It's great. It's great. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Because you know of a movie, but it's like. Well, it's also you can tell in their face if they want to share something that's so profoundly affected them, does right. that outweigh them spoiling it? And I always feel, because I Michael says I spoil things, it's because sometimes. I'm the worst. I spoil right? things sometimes, the sometimes I think like the excitement of sharing something to someone, particularly if they're probably not going to see it outweighs the spoil and so sometimes i'll you know like with arthur all of the if i was to constantly say i haven't seen it anytime he'd you know beam with excitement to talk about it that his spoiling of it or continuing to talk about it outweighs me being like i've not seen this and then us having to figure out when we're going to watch it (laughs) Uh, I get it though. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like you're sort of weighing the, who, 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 who wins in this moment, the spoiler or the, the truth teller. But sometimes you're like, you're like, you're talking about a movie that you've seen that nobody in the room has seen and you'll be like, you're not going to see it, right? Okay. This is what happens. They all die. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I'm really bad. I have to just say, I've had to learn to just shut up and I've had enough friends tell me like, okay, Drew, don't tell us what, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I also just like, yeah, I, I get so, it's such an exciting feeling and i feel like we just go through life it's just so like the mundanity of things when you see something so like i want to share this moment with you i want you to feel as great as i felt in this thing and also we can't reenact it so all the time like you try to explain it and people go "Uh uh-huh uh-huh and they have that kind of dead inside and you're like oh my god now i'm in it i gotta finish this i have to finish this and they're bored you know like now i know what missionaries feel like (laughs) (laughs) but the spoilers you know like it's not just when you spoil a twist you know it's not it's like it's not just like like the, a whodunit gets spoiled or, you know, like a, some crazy reveal gets spoiled. It's like the feeling of watching something can be a spoiler or like like saying, oh, there, you know, it's the tone. You spoil the tone. You can spoil the tone and you can spoil the, the you can sort of spoil the thing that made it great when you watched it. The thing that you mm. felt when you watched it. If you tell someone to feel that when they're watching it, like sometimes it helps. It's like. You know, it's like you tell someone you're going, you're, they're walking into a comedy. They know that they're they're, they're supposed to laugh if it, if it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, well, that's why we rush sometimes to the theater. Like, Cocaine Bear came out, and we both were like, okay, we're definitely seeing that. We need to see it immediately because I don't want any spoil. Any like, <laughs> have you seen it? Like conversations, and I and so sometimes you know, like Tar, I could I could have that one I. <laughs> didn't i saw it and i liked it but i didn't care if people talked about it before i saw it right but it's true like 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 as soon as you get people's opinions even if it's just i didn't like it or i did like it then it's all like oh gosh crap now my my opinion is going to be swayed by their opinion i know i used to love being the dissenter and be like i felt differently and at the older i get the i hate being the one i hate not loving the movie that everybody loves Sure, yeah. It drives me crazy. I, I hate it. And sometimes I just lie and go, yeah, it's great. Because it's just not worth going into the thing and coming up with the reasons why and all the things. And then I just, I'm like, in mixed company, I'm like, I just sound like such a sour bitch. Like, why can't I just enjoy the thing that everybody else liked? And I wish I did, but, you know, did I you don't. Did you see that thing that Seth Rogen said about critics? No. He said something about how 
if critic he doesn't think if critics knew how much they hurt people who make things by what they criticize they wouldn't write them as much or something like that and it's gotten a lot I, I mean maybe this is just my algorithm but he's gotten some uh you know like blowback from critics saying this is our job you know like this right and, and and somebody made a really interesting point about critics which i think is is true it's like critics and this is why i don't read reviews ever um because well first of all you hear about them anyway and and any little thing can make you crazy or sway you right. if they say something nice then it wasn't nice enough if they say something mean then they're wrong which is also crazy because obviously right. you know like the people who are saying nice things are just as wrong as the people who are saying bad things sure. but but somebody said that that critics reviews are not for the artists they never are for the artists they're for the audience and it's so true i mean some people really do you know, I mean, we all we all do it. I heard that's good. You, you know, I heard right. that's not good. Like that's that's yeah. basically listening to criticism. I mean, I feel like there was such an art to criticism, and people would go to school to learn how to write. You know, you have like the William Goldmans and the people like that generation that would write Frank Rich, yeah, who would write these really thoughtful. Even when they hated something, they would eviscerate it, but they had reasons why. Pauline mm -hmm. Kale and whatever. I mean, she right. was notoriously like you know, took out an entire page for Xanadu, an entire column in the New York Times, and her review just said, Xana, don't. And it was just an <laughs> empty column. So you're flipping through the Times and see this empty column. And of course you're going to, I mean, like, that is the most Ugh. scathing review you yeah, can give a movie because you're like going. It makes you want to see it. Because yeah. then you go, right. But I think like, there's there's so few of those critics left. And the ones that, you know, I'm interested in reading, even when I like totally disagree with them, but then I think there's everyone's a critic now because of the internet and everyone yes, has opinions. Right. So I I wish that that were true, but I feel like what makes me irritated is when it's like, okay, it's one thing if you're the New York Times, whatever, great, please. That's that that can make or break up, uh, especially in theater. Yeah. But like when you're dealing with like, you know, Sheila Shitweather at stagebeat.com, the <laughs> only people that read those reviews are the artists. The only people that go and look on that are the people that, cause no one looks and cares about what someone else says. Like if you don't have the cred, right. So you're yes, kind of going, true. why are we, why are, you know? And so like, oh, sometimes it's like, and that's why like, I don't get involved in like discourse on Facebook. Like, I'm just like, I can't, I don't care what you think about blah, blah, blah. I post something and it's kind of like, you know, because everyone feels like their opinions are, you know, um, but you're right. It is this thing about like, I do think about like, it's so hard to make something and I don't like to, I have, I mean, offline, I will, I'm very opinionated about certain things, but I'm like, it's just my opinion. I don't like to go on and give, cause I love to give shout outs to movies and plays and things that I love TV shows that I love. I love to do that. Like, cause I like, I, again, just like we're talking about, like with spoilers, I want people to feel the, the I'm like, check this out. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. love talking to people at whatever, but like, when I don't like something, I don't understand why the impulses go on and go, this is awful. Or is anybody else liking that? Why do people like this? I don't get it. It's like, call a friend. Like, don't put that out there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because it is hard. It's like, I don't. Well, because it's just going to be hurtful. It's going to like, it's going to be someone that's going to hurt a lot of people, even if it's your friend who liked it. But like, it just, if you come across something that's that, like, I don't understand. Oh, and you're the one who's involved with it. It's just like hard right. to hear and hard to read. Right. And I don't know. I think some people just like they they want any sort of reaction or whatever. But like it's just there's so there's there's so much in all of that. But yeah, so I would just say it depends on the source. I mean, it's like yeah. with anything. It's just like, oh, do you trust that person's opinion? Great. We, then we we have a friend who she told she told me when she stopped reading reviews. It's a long time ago. Her name is Brooke Bloom. And she was in this play that I think Paula Christensen wrote. Oh, really? Back back in the day uh, in LA. And she said she was reading the review, which was like a, you know, fair, you know, it was fairly nice review, apparently. She didn't make it all the way through. Mm -hmm. And she reads the first paragraph. And then the next paragraph begins, unfortunately, comma, bloom. And uh. she shut <laughs> the magazine or the newspaper, set it down, and was like, I will never read a review. Like <laughs> right. But it, it apparently went on to say something about her strength as an actor inside of a character that had some trouble with like its narrative. So it ended up being a fine review of her. But it's just so funny that like the word unfortunately, comma, your last name 
could oh oh it's just that 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 will drive you to madness yeah and you know yeah it's it's true it's there's just too much that's like yeah but also even when you get a good review you're like i don't know what to do with that yeah and then especially when you're in a, a like a live thing you have to keep doing it every night and you get a good review and you're like do i and now am i too self aware yeah, that yeah. I'm like doing if I can't that you cash like? that review at a bank, I don't know if I need it. God, and, and, you know, God forbid it's something specific in a review. I heard this story about, um, uh, actually, I heard this from Judy Dench. I'm, I happened to meet Judy Dench one time <laughs> for lunch. <laughs> I don't know I her at all, but I did have lunch with her one time because the guy who played the ghost of Hamlet's father when we were when we did Hamlet, who played my father, He's really good friends with her. And he had me to lunch with her one time. That's the only reason I ever met Judy Dench. But she told the story about, we were talking about critics and reviews and stuff. And she had done um, The Cherry Orchard with John Gielgud. And I guess she was one of the daughters. And John Gielgud was playing Gaev, the uh, uncle, who is this sort of sweet doddering old man. And he's always eating candies and talking about the candies in the cherry orchard. He's this is sort of famously, mm, these candies are so delicious, you know. And <laughs> and apparently in the review the next day after it opened, John Gielgud got specific notices about how adorable he was eating candies. And that night, he just ate candy the whole show. It was like suddenly a play about John Gielgud eating candy. <laughs> he oh. ate more candy than he'd ever eaten before. And it was like like way too much because he read the review. John Gilgood, as an old man, read the review and became obsessed with the idea that people loved him. One of the greatest candy. actors ever. Like, yes, is poisoned by that. Yeah, well, yeah, poisoned, poisoned. exactly. Well, that's something that that I, I I heard from somebody recently that that that, that, that that reviews came out and they were mixed or some you know mostly good, sometimes you know occasionally bad. And their their therapist said bad reviews are poison and good reviews are worse poison. Wow. Wow. Which is so it's, true. Yeah, you have to kind of not pay attention to that. I mean, the only that time so I would care about it with, with so my own answer. shows in New York, because it meant, is the show going to keep going? Like a review. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. So that would be what I would care about. But otherwise, you're like, oh, yeah, you can't take it in. You can't take it too much. Well, I also, like, I tend to do, I think, almost exclusively new plays. And so sometimes I want to read the review because i want to know from a dramaturgical standpoint how this story is landing on an audience because sometimes i i have found in the past if i read one after the show ended i used to i used to not read them and sometimes read them after a show closed i would read it and be like oh god i wish i read this before because i actually think that there's something in it that i could have helped with with a narrative struggle that the viewer had that mm. i'm a part of that even though they didn't like say ryan didn't figure out the fortunately like, spawn yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do that but there's things you read and you're like oh i could have been a part of that or like that's actually a note yeah. for me hmm. in a way that yeah. i wish i knew that stuff that's sometimes it is weird, weird yeah. especially i mean in movies and theater it's like mm. well now what are we you know, like it's in theater you're not really supposed to go back and change anything after the reviews come out right I mean, I guess if you're doing an out-of-town tryout of something. You are. Yeah, which is kind of what y'all are doing with Silver Foxes. Well, but that's yeah. not about review. That's more about, you know, like... Finding the, it. Getting, the, yeah. the laughs. and the, It's more like we're in pre... We're treating it like we're in previews where you're using the audience. But in, in the theater, in a new with a new play in the theater in New York, you do two weeks of previews and then you open and then the reviews come out. And if the reviews are all like, this didn't work, you're like, oh, well, we could have done it if only we... It's like, yeah. we could just make the thing you're going to make and... Right. It's also one person's opinion that you yeah. can go, oh, you make yourself crazy. It's just like you listen to too many notes and you just kind of try to make everybody happy. And right. Yeah. It's a good lesson for life. It's like live your life, do the best you can and listen yeah. to people you trust. And then it's like, otherwise you're like, all right, cool. I'm good over here doing my thing. And, you know, because yeah. it's it's just too hard. We I think we also like grow up going to school and we like listen to rules and we have a teacher that tells us this, this, this to get a good grade. And we are constantly seeking approval. And then we become actors and writers and creators, which is all about that. Like, I want people to love me and understand me. And this is how I connect to this thing. And you're like, but you ultimately have to, you have to be so vulnerable and raw and like put that out there. And then also like not care at the same time. 
about someone liking you or picking you or giving you a good notice or loving you too much. And then that feels weird. And like all of it is, um, it's why we're crazy. It's why we're nuts. <laughs> we are crazy. Yeah. Um, well, you guys were almost, we're wrapped on, we're like at time. Oh, no. We have to give a shout out to to the darling on uh, on your lap, Michael. Oh, we have to say pre- this is McKinley. President McKinley is here; has been here. President with us. McKinley, she's been such a good girl. Look Very at that. Girl. Actually, we here. began we began the podcast by talking about how Michael or I. My comment was that Michael did such a great job making in his play right. directing it to feel like the house was lived in. Yes. Really, I don't think it was you. I think it was the fact that Kinley was at rehearsals every day and she would sit on the couch or sit on the bed while the actors would do their scene. And she would just sort of sit there looking at them as if she was the pet of the house. And it's truly, I've been in rehearsal with her. I've been in rehearsal with other dogs. It is truly true that they are emotional support animals. And they- Absolutely. They keep every room, every rehearsal room at a temperature that can't get too heated because in the end of the day, the dog is going to come over to you and you're going to, it's just going to pop the air yeah. out of everything. Oh, we've so seen everyone in the play. needs a dog at a rehearsal. Yeah. There's a scene in the play where they, 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 they turn a bed, uh, there's a fold out couch. They fold the couch out into a bed. And every time we would rehearse that scene, she would, as soon as they unfolded the couch, she'd run and jump into it. And Burrow, she just saw Ben. She had no idea we were acting. Oh yeah. And what's also interesting is like in real life, if I get like if I lose my temper or we get into an argument, Kinley knows and she gets really right. upset. Uh-huh. But in in rehearsal, which she's been in lots of different rehearsals, in rehearsal, if somebody loses their temper or people have an argument, she doesn't care. She Isn't knows. That funny? That the- I know. I've noticed that before with the animals. They're just sort of like. They, she knows they, the they're so honest. They're yeah, so, they're it's like, that's why they you say don't put an animal on stage or a baby on stage because they can't not be present. Right. And so they're so like the thing that actors are trying so hard <laughs> all of our lives to be that, to be that dog or that baby. And it's like, we just have too many other things, but yeah, that dog knows like, yeah, you know, like does. there's just, they're always in constant now right now which is like the goal like in life and i love that and oh but she's and, a special one oh Kinley's she's a real special, special and, and special we were just we, we talk every once in a while like when she dies which which may or may not happen but when she <laughs> dies um there will be so many people who are sad or who will be touched by her you know because she's met so many people she's been in so many rehearsal rooms so many dressing rooms on so many sets, she just knows so. She travels all over the place. She's, you know, she's 15 pounds, so she can fit under the seat in front. So she goes everywhere with us. Yeah, and she has her own Instagram, Kinley and, and Dawson. At oh, absolutely! Dawson. Please follow Please Kinley and follow. Dawson. And I guess we should uh, on give a shout out to Dawson, the 20 year old cat, because and you have a 20 year old cat that I've known yeah. since he was he 20. Was oh, 20. since he was oh. zero. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, so that's cute. so sweet. Now, where can we find y'all on the on the online and the uh, handles? Well, I'm on the Facebook still, and I'm on um, the Twitter still at Michael Yuri, and then also I'm on Instagram at Michael Yuri likes it. I am not on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at at Ryan underscore Spawn, and on Instagram at just Ryan Spawn. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Oh my we- gosh. So appreciate delightful. it. Love Happy Friday. It. Have a great end of your run, Michael. And um, thank you. I hope to Are see you coming you to New York soon? I, June. We're doing Golden Girls in June. I, this, oh, we haven't announced it officially, but what? we're going to do the Golden Girls in June. And uh, yeah, I like it for Pride. Oh, and, and, my God. I've still never yeah. seen your Golden Girls show. Yeah. So please come. Oh, yeah. What, do you know what venue? I, I, Daniel Nardiccio's new club called Red Eye. Uh, it's like on 41st and 9th. It's new and it's like a coffee bar club with an, with a black box theater in it. And like, a, it sounds like an amazing wow. new space. I so we're doing, wait to see it. we're doing New York. We're doing six shows in New York and then a show at Fire Island on Fire Island. Oh um, my God. Right after that. For wow. Pride. How fun. So I'll be there in June. Awesome. So yeah, it's yeah. during Pride. It'll be like at the end of June. If it's during New York yeah, Pride. It's the last yeah. weekend in June we're doing it. We'll be doing well, it. Well, so. that is something that is something I hope I can talk about it. I don't know. I haven't been we oh. haven't announced it yet, so y'all are the first to know. But yeah. Well, wow. Well, I just tweeted it. Great. Um, Perfect. <laughs> I got them canceled. 
<laughs> um, it was uh, so good. I saw it in Palm Springs and it was just amazing. You're going to love much. it. I can't wait for you to see them do it. It's so I mean, so I fun. get obsessed with looking at the photos. It's so wild. It's so crazy. But thank you all so much for doing this. Gosh, we so appreciate we it. You. And um, I love y'all. And uh, yeah, I'll see you soon. I wish everyone could see the adorable curl you have coming Oh, they can. Around. The Patreon subscribers are going to be able to see the curl and see both of your gorgeous faces and, and, your, and your daughter and your darling daughter. Aww. Oh, yeah. Well, hi, Patreon. Hi, okay. Patreon. Thanks oh, thanks, y'all. All right, love you. Love y'all. Friend of the Pod Productions.